Welcome to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. My name is Chip DeBlock, and I'm your host. And yes, we're live from the Boss Talk Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. Uh, let me uh, introduce the crew to you. And guys, of course, we're a law enforcement talk show. So we talk about today's news and issues from a law enforcement uh, perspective. And we're trying to make you guys among the sharpest people in the room. When the news comes up, these news items that we're covering before just about anybody else now. Uh, so we've got Captain Brett Bartlett from the Tampa Bay area and also Corporal David D. Gruster, retired from a PD and an SO. So a unique perspective. So thanks, guys, for being on the show. Appreciate it. A shout out to our sponsors. We have Motion DSP, GallsGlobalOrdinance.com. Gunner.com, mymedicare.life, and we're fueled by Bang Energy. So, matter of fact, I'm drinking the Bang Sweet Iced Tea. So, thanks, Bang, for the fuel. We appreciate it. Yes, we're getting a little silent applause from Captain Brett there. Uh, also, a shout out to Brian Burns for the free press at tampafp.com. Thanks for carrying our content. And Ray Dietrich, redvoicemedia.com. Uh, in fact, one of our stories is from redvoicemedia.com. Uh, but they're giving us access to three of their Facebook pages. So, look, we're doing eight streams right now. So, we're Live on seven of the Boss Hog Radio Network stations, and we're, we're uh, on a total of 36 stations. So some of those are carrying the show delayed. And we're also doing eight streams. No, YouTube is not one of them because they want to cancel shows like ours. But we're at rumble.com. We're not skipping a beat. And look, due to the three Facebook pages from redvoicemedia.com, they have about 1 million followers just on the three Facebook pages alone. So, yeah, we're not missing YouTube too much. So uh, thanks for those entities for helping make this happen. You know, we are live in the Boss Talk Radio Studios. I just got a card here. So, uh, yeah, we've got uh, Creamers Air Conditioning and Heating Service. So thank you so much because I'm going to have fresh AC tomorrow at the Boss Talk Radio Studios. So, yes, it's coming tomorrow. So, uh, hey, a shout-out to you. To, yeah, producer Jimmy's actually awake today without the caffeine yet. So, yeah, very good. Thanks to Creamers AC and Heating. Uh, guys, uh, we got a great lineup for you, and man, we've got. We're gonna start off with the main topic. You know, they have a tendency to be a little bit deeper. So, our first topic, you know, get ready for this because you know, Captain Bartlett, you know, he's gonna come unglued. I know, I know, Brett. Thank you so much for making the day show. I know that you're teaching. You know, you are you are teaching tomorrow tomorrow's law enforcement and today's law enforcement guys. So, thanks so much for just um, embedding into them a little bit of old school police work. Appreciate that. That's so important. So, uh, lawofficer.com. Saying the quiet part out loud. Now, this is written by a gentleman, Travis Yates. Interesting article. He says the end goal is essentially abolish local police through a series of side door actions. Now, don't think conspiracy theory just yet. Here, here I'm out on this. So the plan, he says, is a recent article in the Washington Post all but announces the implemented plan to destroy the profession. Of course, we're talking about law enforcement, but especially on the local level. He says, I can assure you that this is not a new idea, and it's been in the works for years, and frankly, our own leaders have permitted it. He goes, when they lied about hands up, don't shoot, we did not push back. Remember that? Ferguson, right? Hey, when they banned no-knock warrants because Breonna Taylor was not killed in a no-knock warrant, we just let it happen. When George Floyd died with lethal amounts of fentanyl in a system, we simply went along with a narrative that a chokehold that never happened killed them. We agreed to consent decrees when we know that they do nothing but destroy cities. Yeah, this guy's on a roll. Uh, we marched with the same groups that advocated for the abolishing of police. We even have law enforcement leaders that say we need to uh, reimagine police, but it's odd that no one will ever say what that means until now. So it's time that leaders start paying attention because it's no longer the ramblings of Travis Yates in a podcast or classroom. Here is the excerpt from the article. So advocates for police reform see that the moment as an opportunity to hire a new generation of police officers and reimagine policing. But as agencies are seeking fresh recruits, they're getting fewer qualified applicants than they have in past years, leading to some uh, to make the risky move of lowering the bar, lowering the standards in order to fill the ranks. 
Combine that strategy with what the Department of Justice, the DOJ, continues to do with their so-called consent decrees, and you can begin to connect the dots to where all of this is going to lead. Now, he talks about how um, he, on a recent, he was recently interviewed, Bob Scowls, who uh, continues to speak the truth on damage the federal agencies doing the local law enforcement. He agrees with the assessment of the DOJ strategy, but one, target police departments, this is what, how they're going to do it. Target police departments in blue cities that have had high-profile incidents with media scrutiny and pressure from local activists. like you know, We're talking about Baltimore, Seattle, Portland, Chicago, Cleveland, New Orleans, uh, Louisville, uh, Minneapolis. So these are all the cities that are um, run by liberals, high crime, and they keep us in business because they give us great topics to talk about every day, right? And number two, the other thing they're doing is is launching a pattern of practice investigation issue, a scathing report that claims the police department is involved in widespread abuses of constitutional rights. Number three, force the city to sign a consent decree and hire a for-profit monitor who will reinforce the DOJ's messaging. The fourth thing that they're doing, spend the next decade criticizing the department and forcing the city to spend millions of dollars to uh, on, on ineffective reforms. Fifth, create severe staffing shortages that will reduce public safety and ensure that the police department cannot reach compliance with the requirements that are in this consent decree in the first place. And then lastly, call for a national effort to reimagine policing. But what is reimagining policing? Reimagining includes removing crime suppression units, removing qualified immunity for cops, uh, eliminating 911 calls that require police response, using an unarmed mental health professional to respond to 911 calls, and ending police deployment in high crime areas. And guys, this is just to name a few. So it goes on and on, but I've kind of let you guys know where we're going with this. Captain Bartlett, you've got one of the sharpest minds I know on this. Go ahead. The floor is yours. Well, I, I appreciate him putting it into words. I, I'm going to be a little critical and, and tell him, you know, the author of uh, this. Um, hindsight's 2020, and you have a commanding grasp of the obvious. We've been saying what he's been saying since day one, since that first riot hit all those uh, three, almost four years ago. The plan is to disrupt the police departments, make it an untenable place to work, get rid of the old crew, bring in the new crew, lower the standards, more problems ensue so that the Democrats, the communists, let's say, can say this, we told you so, and it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. They want this. It has nothing to do with individuals. It has to do with them remaking society in their own, in their own eyes. Wow. And the big, the big thing that he, that he missed, I won't say he missed it entirely. He skirted around the edges of it. And what he says in the article, as like Brett said, is, is all very accurate and true, but again, hello, uh, hello, from the back of the from the back of the class is you know we've been talking about this for literally a few years now. Um, th- but the the main thing that he misses in in this is that, and he touches on it when he talks about trying to uh, do a better job of of not controlling the narrative but steering the narrative where it needs to actually be to the truth instead of all the BS lies that these that these organizations tend to spew. Um, and that involves, you know, to, to coin or to use the phrase, the hearts and minds of the community. And if you can't, com- if you can't convince the community that you serve, that what you are doing as a police department is the proper and right thing, and it might be ugly and it might be dirty and it might be bloody, but it is necessary and it is, and it, and it is right. And they do not get behind you and elect, vote remove, do the things that they, that they, that the community has to do 
to support you, then I don't care what you do. I don't care how strong your leadership within the organization of policing is. I don't care who you recruit or what happens. You will fail because if you don't have the support of the community that you serve, you cannot, you will not um, uh, succeed in anything. You will lose because the politicians who have the support of that community, who get the votes, who are put into positions of power, will slowly but surely grind you down until there is nothing left. That is simply the fact. There's no way around it, and you can't, you cannot not talk about that aspect of it. We saw it, kind of, in Tampa in the in the late '80s, early '90s, when the crack epidemic epidemic got so bad. And we had a lot of special units on the street that were that were combating the street level narcotics stuff that I was working in, and it was very it, it became very effective because the community, and I'm talking about in the projects, the poorest of the communities, the black, white, it's Hispanic, it didn't matter. They stood up and said, "We've had enough. Stop that crap. Put a stop to it." And we went, "Okay." Strap on, strap in, because here we go. And it was, it was ugly. It was, was, it was not pretty, but it got done. And in the end, Tampa was a better place for it. And the people appreciated it. And I can give you examples and things happen. It's never always perfect. You know, we went to serve a, a search warrant on a house or an apartment in the projects. And literally in the dark, the lead guy kicked in the wrong door. And we we blasted through that door, and there's a family, mom, dad, kids, sitting at the dining room table eating dinner. And they're sitting there looking at us like this, you know. And we stop, and we're like, oh, no. And what did they do? Very quietly, both the father, the mom, and the dad did this. Next door. <laughs> it's next door. Yeah. We and already, yeah, let, let already, already our listeners can't hear you, so make yeah. sure they know what you're doing. They, they were sitting there pointing their fingers to the next door apartment going, it's over there. But very quietly, never moved. We backed out. The team backed out, went next door, hit it, did our thing. We fixed their door, took care of them, apologized. But they were they were like, listen, it's okay. We get it. You know, nobody's no no harm, no foul. We, we need this problem. Wow. And that's the support of the community that you have to, that you have to get. Um, and if you don't have that, you have nothing and you will have nothing and you will lose and you will be Portland. You will be Seattle. You will be LA, New York, Philadelphia, Kensington and Philadelphia, you name it. That's what you'll be. Enjoy the ride. <laughs> wow. Great story, by the way. What do you think, uh, captain? Yeah, a a absolutely. But that was a long time ago. I think what needs to happen to these agencies and we've reviewed a lot of videos where they bring up the police spokesperson and they're very clinical when they're describing what's going on. They need to be more emotional, a little more emphatic, and, and they should close all these videos by going, hey, citizens, here it is. If you don't shoot at the cops, we won't bust a cap up in your behind. If you'll follow the law and, 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 and give into the officer's commands, this won't happen. They, we need to change the narrative. We need to appeal to people's emotions and their spirit without just describing, well, this happened, that. No, get up in it. Get up in it and, and start poking fingers. Do the Grady Judd. It's called it's called the Grady Judd. Uh, all right, great, great start for the show, guys. Thank you. Hey, our first commercial break. Hang in there. We'll be right back. You know, Motion DSP. They've been supporting the law enforcement profession for over 15 years for the robust speed of video and audio redaction and enhancement software. 
The Motion DSP software is easy to use, requires no specialized training or expertise, and you can save valuable time with Spotlight's one-click automating tracking feature and forensic suite of enhancement filters to achieve result, results in just three steps, import, process, and export. Now, Spotlight is built specifically for redaction. It's designed to work with video from any camera source, and using Motion DSP's algorithms and object tracking technology, it sort of automates the process of blurring faces and other identifiable information. It saves users countless hours compared to manual frame-by-frame -frame redaction and forensic enhancement software that allows users to quickly analyze and process any video file format using path and super-resolution algorithms and enhancement filters to reveal an unseen level of detail. And you can actually get forensically valid evidence from just low-quality video in just minutes instead of hours. So you can learn more about all these products and all these capabilities by simply going to motiondsp.com. If you haven't been there before, you should do it today, motiondsp.com. All right, guys, and welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. We're still live from the Boss Hog Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. So have we uh, exhausted everything on this last topic? And if so, all right, let's move on to the next one. So, uh, David, we're going to move to the first uh, story that's got a video component. So at rumble.com, our favorite law enforcement video channel called This Is Butter, we have a DA that has released surveillance footage from a Chattanooga police shooting that killed Roger Hurd Jr., so Roger Hurd Jr. fired multiple shots at point-blank range at an officer before police shot him in an exchange of gunfire at a Chattanooga gas station. It happened on the evening of August the 11th. And this is according to a statement Sunday from the Hamilton County District Attorney, and it's Cody Womp. That's the DA. So DA Womp also released security footage uh, from the incident. So it's security footage. So I don't believe there's any sound with this one, but it left a Chattanooga police officer injured and resulted in Hurd, the bad guy's death. So Heard shot an investigator. It's uh, Selton uh, Batterson striking him in his right arm, according to the DA. Now, August 11th, DA Wom sent investigators for the Chattanooga Police Department's gun team, along with other partnering agencies. They're attempting to locate uh, multiple dangerous offenders for the purpose of serving warrants. And one of these guys was Heard. And Heard is a violent felon. He's known as a drug dealer. He's a gang member as well. So he's a bonafide bad guy. He served time in federal prison for being a felon in possession of a firearm as well. And he has felony convictions in Hamilton and Bradley counties. And at the time, officers encountered him on August the 11th. He had an outstanding uh, felony warrant out of Knox County. So investigators, they're at a Speedway gas station and they get multiple incredible information about Heard's location and that he would be participating. He'd be doing a drug deal basically at that location. So police observe him. He's parked at the pump, and they approach him to serve outstanding warrants, and they want to arrest him. So we got security footage that's showing this thing go down. We actually got a couple different angles. So it shows an unmarked police vehicle. It stops. The guy leaves the pumps, and before he gets out of the parking lot of the gas station, you know, this unmarked car pulls up, and it blocks his path, right? So it's Officer Ayers and Officer Batterson. They're loudly and repeatedly announcing themselves as cops. They're wearing police badges on their tactical belts. Another police vehicle with lights on it ends up pulling up behind the car. So in plain clothes, we have our Officer Batterson. He approaches Hurd's car. He's got his gun pointed at Hurd through the, you know, through the front windshield and through the driver's you know, window, which is up. So, um, so he approaches, and he's got him at gunpoint. Officer Batterson attempts to open the suspect's vehicle door, the driver's door, and at that time, the suspect makes a kicking movement in Officer Patterson's direction. He raises his right arm, and he's got a gun. He fires multiple shots at point-blank range in uh, Patterson's direction and strikes him or cop in the right arm. So Patterson immediately starts retreating, uh, and then there's uh, then he's able to respond with gunfire. So Hurd runs to the vehicle while officers are firing at him. Another angle shows Hurd stumbling to the ground. He gets up uh, again before falling back down to the ground again. So as vi the video shows Hurd 
our bad guy was purposely traveling in the direction of the officer that's also retreating and he's still armed and he gets met with gunfire from Officer ba uh, Batterson and other cops that are there. Heard had a large amount of cash on him. He had one pound of marijuana in the vehicle. Um, his firearm was stolen in Chattanooga back in 2022. And because he's a felon, he's a, um, you know, he's a prohibited person being in possession of a firearm. So uh, just a bonafide bad guy. He was pronounced dead at the scene after being, well, I guess he was pronounced dead after taken to the hospital. But, you know, our bad guy ended up being a dead bad guy. So that said, guys, commentary on the shoot. Can't wait to hear the breakdown, David. Um, to tie it into our first story, what I talked about, I, the DA in this case came out and made a fairly decent press release. Decent. It wasn't the greatest. It could have been more forceful. It could have been more emphatic about how bad this person was and how how much the community needs to appreciate these Chattanooga police, police officers and the job that they did. I would have liked to have seen a little bit more emphatic about that, although he did not, not a bad job. Now you take you go beyond that. You know, you're in a situation you're in a situation like this, you get you get credible evidence or credible information that this bad guy, a real bad guy, and you know who he is, you know his, his history, is at a location and you're you're going there as quickly as you can to try to catch him. Situations like that can be obviously chaotic. You don't have time to set up, you don't have time to really create a plan. It's just, it's just running and gunning. Literally. Sorry about that pun. Um and you come upon the guy now the tactics start to get a little bit sketchy because you don't have a chance to set up the way you want to. You're coming in, fr in front of them. You're coming in behind them, beside them. It just, you, you just never know. You've got to make a decision on the fly, whether to try to take him down in this gas station parking lot or let him get out of the parking lot and try to take him down at a location that is a little bit better to your liking or, or, or tactical advantage. But then you can't guarantee that either. If you let him leave, where's he going to go? How's that going to play out? So you're, you're, you're faced with a, an almost impossible decision to make right from the get-go. They decide they're going to do. They're going to take him down right there in the parking lot, so they go for it. At that point, though, you know who you're dealing with, and the approach of the guy up to the driver's side door from the front of the bad guy's car was just. Uh, it just made me flinch. You, you got to do better than that. That was that was the first avoidable tactical error that was made. He goes to rip the door open to go to go arrest the guy and you know who you're dealing with here you're there by the car by yourself nobody else has come to is is with you those are the moments that were that that cost you and it almost cost this cop he responded fantastically he stated he got in the fight and, and put rounds on target i hope and and ended it and got out of the way and he's he's going to be okay shot in the arm i think it was and it played out the rest of the way in the parking lot as the other officers got involved and 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 rounds are going on target, and they put this bad guy down as he sh as he should have been. But we've I've said this before: it's those small tactical errors that we make in the heat of the moment that end up can, end up costing us down the road that we have to learn to avoid. Um, but other than that, these guys were in a hot situation. They made the best of it, and they did a good job over it. Honestly, now there were I believe two guys uh, in that cool car, the unmarked car that pulled up and blocked his path, and I believe it was the the cop on the passenger side that got out and had the and had the initial altercation with him yeah it looked like the driver by the time he got out bad guy's chasing after his partner who, who had already shot in the arm and it was that the guy that neutralized the uh the bad i mean he was the bad guy was like tunnel vision never even saw me yeah we'll, we'll get to the rest of it on the other side commercial break we'll be right back all right yes it's time to talk about galls at galls.com slash leo hopefully uh the guys can help me out with this one but 
certainly by now you guys know about the new goals. I'm going to call them the new goals because, man, they have they have grown by leaps and bounds. Uh, they are the country's leading uniform clothing, equipment, and gear provider for law enforcement. They have a variety of offerings, everything from multi-tools and flashlights to duty boots and tactical gear. And as Captain Brett Bartlett always says, they pretty much have everything for law enforcement except for guns and ammo. Uh, so, Captain, do you know what's going on at Gauls this week? I know you're a big fan. Yeah, they're always adding new things. You know, here's what I do when I go to Gauls, and they, they make it very convenient. At the top of the website, they have they have like uh, these streaming banners that tell you what's up, what what's new, so you don't have to go hunting for it. So every day, go to that, click on it, see what's coming up. You still get the 15% off your, your order if you give them your email that particular day. So whatever you see that's brand new, buy it, get 15% off. Gauls.com slash Leo, guys. Check them out and check them out today. So, globalordnance.com. Get ready for a coupon code from Global Ordnance, your ultimate destination for ammo. So, globalordnance.com provides high-quality ammunition for all of your shooting needs, ensuring precision, reliability, and unmatched performance. So, for a limited time, they're offering free shipping. That's right. I said free shipping on ammo. And as long as your order is over $200 with their exclusive coupon code, which just happens to be Leo Roundtable. So visit globalordnance.com today. Explore the wife selection of ammo. Use coupon code Leo Roundtable for free shipping on your order, globalordnance.com. All right, guys, welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. Yes, we're still live from the Boss Talk Radio Network in Plant City, Florida. You know, uh, I just had a scare because Captain Brett Bartlett almost never stands. And that's because we never really know what he's wearing at the time we're doing a live show. And he just stood... And he's mobile. And I tell you, my heart, my, and, and the producer, because we don't really have a button. We can sometimes bleep out things that Brett might say, but we can't make what we see on his screen disappear. So it, it's, it's always a scary moment. So, right, David? Um, I, I, I'm not sure if scary is the right word at this point in time, but disturbing, that's for certain. Yeah. All right. So, hey, look, you know, did we, did we exhaust the last topic with the video component? Well, you, you were asking some question about the uh, oh the, the one thing that the the, uh, the police chief said or whoever it was or the district attorney said that to me was a, a, a slip backwards in making a good statement was he tried to make an excuse as to why they shot him or continued to shoot this bad guy because he was he said he was running right toward the officer that he that had been engaged with him at the door of his car. Um, I don't care what direction he's running at this point. We're shooting him because his intention is clear. I, I don't care if he's running around in circles. He's getting shot. If he's moving and not complying with orders, he's getting shot repeatedly by whoever he goes toward. Because at this point, whichever direction he's running, he's a threat. So to, that was one of those things. Where, well, we continue to shoot him because he was running right at this officer. I, I don't care. I don't care. That, that matters not. He should have said he got out of the car, refused to comply with orders, lawful orders of police officers, already engaged with shooting with one officer. Yeah, and we shot him a bunch. Um, a little bit more Grady. There, there you go. All right. Well, well, thanks. And hey, hey, Brett, Captain, I appreciate so much you being here on the show because, look, I, I know what it's like. Uh, and I'll tell you, we did not talk, but but Brett's, you know, look, this guy's high demand. I mean, he's got Exumber Defense Solutions at ExumberDefense.com, firearms expert trainer still still has a, a foot in the game because he teaches our our cops recruits and seasoned cops which is what he's doing right now but i already know what's going on he's, he wants to make the show he's helping us out and he finds an empty classroom somewhere right and then something happens and, oh crap they need this classroom and he's got to get he's got to move to another class right i know i know i know the gig so so appreciate you uh and what and what you do anybody wants more information 
that and this, this guy, this stud muffin that you see on the screen, yeah, he's just not another pretty face, guys. I mean, he really his resume, you know, Exumber Defense Solutions at ExumberDefense.com. Yes, right. You get the full package by going to that website and seeing what he's into, right, Captain? Yeah, you know, and I what I would say about that last video, and and Dave touched all the tactical points. It'd been nice if that state attorney who was doing that video said, "Hey, listen, we're keeping a line open for Benjamin Crump. Lines open, Ben. Call us. Call us. What? Nothing? Crickets, Ben? No race pimping today? Really? Nothing oh. here? He should say this is what happens when you point guns at the police." He should say the bas the bad guy's last words were, note to self, don't point guns at the cops because you will get shot and you'll get killed. So, so Brett, if you had to guesstimate a, a, a grade level of education that bled out on this one, what, did he bleed out? What grade did he bleed out on this one? I think he went all the way down to first grade. First grade on this? All right. Yeah. I had to ask. But he only made ask. it to fourth, so that's not a big stretch. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm glad. I don't know. I'm glad I asked that one, Jimmy. All right, so moving along, and this is actually an article that Captain Bartlett sent me. I think I ended up using another source, but it's just amazing. I, I should have done a comparison because the title between these two articles is just completely, completely different. So on Police One, they have an article that says 10 California officers charged in a civil rights uh, corruption probe. But in the one that Brennan sent me, it was talking about, you know, uh, racial and civil rights violations and all this stuff going on. So uh, we're starting off in uh, Antioch, California. And guys, sometimes I read this stuff with great skepticism. You guys may read into in between the lines on this one, but nine current and former Antioch police and Pittsburgh police officers that automatically raises a flag for me when you're saying nine current or former uh, officers and one community service officer, they end up being charged in a federal corruption investigation reveals instances where these individuals allegedly engaged in civil rights violations and fraudulent activities, according to the KGO. The actions appeared to be aimed at, at securing a pay raise and involved fabricating information in official reports to conceal incidents of excessive use of force, according to the U.S. officials. So, U.S. Attorney Ismail Ramsey for the Northern District of California, another flag, has lodged four separate indictments detailing various charges. The charges encompass offenses such as wire fraud, deprivation of rights under the pretense of authority, uh, conspiring against individuals' rights and involvement in conspiracy to distribute um, anabolic ster steroids. And among those implicated in the charges are nine police officers and one community service officer. And it says that all the 10 individuals are named to the charges, but only two of them are facing allegations on multiple indictments. It says, according to officials, just three of the officers are currently employed and they were not on active duty at the time. Wait, wait a minute. Read that again? Yeah. According to officials, three, three out of these guys, only three, were currently employed and they were not even on active duty at the time. And it, it gives people involved in the investigation. It was a long drawn out FBI investigation from what I understand. But since the beginning of 2022, both the FBI and Contra Costa County district attorney's office have conducted investigations into the departments. Additionally, earlier this year, the state attorney's general initiated its own in inquiry. Um, I see flags all over the place on this one, but any commentary on this captain, you want to start us off? You know, when I sent you that article yesterday, I had not read the first one we talked about, about how the how the left is planning to disrupt the police work. But, you know, the, it, it seems odd now. Well, it makes sense now that they're they're bringing all these these people into one article. Here's the purpose of the article to let you know, Mr. Mr. Citizen, we need to change things the way we do in the police work. See what's happening out there. OK, and let's let's disregard the fact that maybe we caused some of that stuff. It doesn't matter. They're bringing this to you 
to prove the point that we made in that very first article, which is we can't trust local cops. We're going to have to go to a federal level. Yeah. And these guys, the large majority aren't even working at the police. So maybe the system worked and they identified some bad cops were doing some bad things and and got rid of them anyhow. I mean, you know, it just, it it just, it just, it, it, it just highly bothers me. And it's and the article is highly suspect, you know, in my opinion. And, And so that brings me to another question, guys, David, Brett, or both. So where, what's the, what's the ultimate conclusion to all of this? Is it a federal police force that's country that you can manipulate control and legislate, um, across the country? One, uh, you know, one police force. Sure it is. And what's really neat, if it's a federal force and the Democrats control, control the federal government, that's just perfect because these local governments, the state, the county, the city, they, they can't be controlled. Okay, because it's closer to the people and the people, they, they read through all their bull crap. But if you remove police work from the local level and send it all the way to the federal level, there'll be no accountability. There'll be no, there'll be no in touch with the local uh, people. Now, if you gave it, if you had a national police force and it went to the, to, to the uh, conservatives, they would kick it back down to the locals. So perfect scenario. Oh, yeah. Everything's federal with a Democrat controlled federal government. Wow. So I know today you try grabbing people's guns out of their homes. Well, you're, that's going to be a tough pill to swallow. Anyhow, you're, you're just not going to be able to, to get it. However, um, you know, trying to get local law enforcement to do that. Good luck, right? Even with the new breed of cops that are pretty much, you know, I don't want to say woke, but you know, they're not like guys, not like us. We would have just said, Hey, go, go pack sand, you know, but you know, with that change though, I could, I could see them getting a lot, a lot further along with that movement. Anything else, gentlemen? All right. So I know David's anxious to move on. So let's see what we have coming down. I think we've got another story with a video component. And again, for our radio and podcast listeners, we'll describe in great detail what's going on so you guys don't feel like you're missing out on anything. So back at Rumble.com, our favorite law enforcement video channel, this is Butter. Uh, Westminster um, police, they fatally shoot uh, Alicia Dern uh, when she grabs a gun as an officer is talking to her. She's sitting in the car at the time. We got two minutes before our, our last commercial break. So uh, let me see if I can get through this. So the Westminster police department, they released body cam footage on Friday from a deadly shooting involving officers that happened in July. Police said that about four 40 in the afternoon on July the 25th, an officer that's on patrol, a notice an SUV that's parked and facing the wrong direction. The video shows the officer trying to talk to the woman through the uh, dri- on the driver's side, you know, because she's driving the car. She did not roll down her window at first, and when she did, she did not answer any questions. All right, this is getting off to a bad start, right? The officer asked the woman if she's okay and if she needed an ambulance. He also asked her if she had been drinking, but remarked that it did not appear as if she had been. The officer then appears to see something inside the car. He repeatedly yells, hey, what do you got in there? As she grabs a gun. The officer then fires his weapon and kills the woman after trying to grab her arm. She's been identified as 46-year-old Alicia Duran, and uh, another car was caught in the shooting. Uh, one of the bullets hit that Jeep's windshield. It was a Jeep, though, Brett, so I guess it's okay, right? The officer who fired uh, talked to the driver. It was clearly emotional as he apologized that other driver was not hurt. Wow. 
So that's what we got, gentlemen. Commentary on this, we got 50 seconds. David. God, 50 seconds. Um, we talked about this before in another, in another video, in another show. Um, and this is going down the road of uh, this officer, although he did a good job right there on the spot. Um, you start to have questions about whether or not he's in the wrong profession. And um, once we get back from our next commercial break, we can talk about that a little bit more. But his his after action behavior was mm, a little bit uh, a little bit disturbing. All right, thanks, Dave. Uh, guys, time for another commercial break. And I'm, as I say that, as Captain Bartlett's looking around like the blue suits are coming in to remove him from the room. But look, we'll be right back. All right, guys. Yes, it's time to talk about GunLearn at GunLearn.com. No matter how much you know about guns and ammunition, there's that knowledge gap that leaves you confused and missing the complete picture. And GunLearn.com, they've taken the confusion out of learning. And they've actually made it easy. GunLearn.com is the first and it's the only company that offer a step-by-step program that takes you from your present knowledge level to become a safe, accurate, and competent certified firearm specialist like our Captain Brett Bartlett here. They provide citations from federal law and ATF rulings for every point taught to assure accuracy. And their training is approved by major physical organizations, law enforcement agencies, and also firearm manufacturers. Since 1996, they've taught everything that LEOs, that's law enforcement officers, need to know about firearms and ammunition to all facets of law enforcement. Now, you can start the day with online training, or you can register to attend a live seminar, and you can actually get free training for yourself and the personnel at your agency by hosting a seminar at absolutely no cost. So come aboard as one of the most firearm knowledgeable people in the world by joining the folks at GunLearn.com. GunLearn.com. All right, guys, welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. We're still live from the Boss Talk Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. David, the floor is yours. Yeah, let's continue this. You know, initially the officer, and that's what police officers do. They see something that's wrong, something that's out of place, and they investigate, which is what he did. Vehicles in the wrong lane of traffic stopped. A woman sitting in the driver's seat, he goes up, approaches her, says, hey, are you okay? Are you sick? Are you ill? Do you need... Do you need to go to the hospital? Can I call an ambulance for you? Are you on drugs? Are you drinking or are you hurt? And he's going through each one of these things, trying to talk to her, you know, and and at, at, th- at a certain point, you've got to then say, I mean, diabetic, are you, is what medical, what's going on? Or did you just kill your entire family back at the house and you're just driving down the street now and you've kind of lost it and you pulled over to, the, to, to stop? This is all going, it's got to be going through his head. The next step, I would hope, would have been for him to open the door and try to extract her from the car as gently as possible. Say, okay, let's just get get you away from the car, get you contained, so on and so forth. But before that can happen, she pulls out a gun. He reacts. His mind is not absorbing this information because he's saying, what have you got? What have you got? What have you got? What do you, what's in there? What's in there? What's in there? He's not, and he's yelling it out loud to himself. He draws, he engages, he fires. She points the gun at him. He fires and, and puts rounds on target. He starts calling for help. This is what's going on. Everything, you know, he's doing everything fa- fairly straightforward. But then you see the emotional crash start to happen. And he starts to become distracted. He loses focus on, on the person that he had just engaged with a gun. And he goes running back to this other car, screaming at them, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? And he starts things start getting uh, dissected and he's just starting to go all over the place. Realize that a bullet had impacted the vehicle. So, okay. Then he goes back to the car. Another officer arrives and you know that things are going south for this guy because the other officer comes up and he starts to engage the bad person, tries to get her out of the car. He's trying to tell the other guy, Hey, 
where's the gun? What's going on? We need to get her out of the car. And he says, I'm trying to do that. Give me a minute. And you go, and right then it's like, red flag. He, he's gone. He's done. He's finished. He's, he's out. Checked out. He's, his, his mind and his body have disconnected. And he's no longer going to be an effective person on that scene. Somebody, and nobody ever did, should have grabbed a hold of him and said, you're done. Walked him to his police car, sat him down and said, you sit here and don't you move. Don't talk to anybody. Don't say anything. But no, he goes back to the, the woman in the Jeep and starts to cry, hugging her, saying how sorry he is. He can't believe this happened and just starts, the emotions start to pour out of him. And his sergeant's standing there and I'm going, somebody grab this guy and throttle him down. Take the gun away from him and put him in a car and, and get control of the situation. But they never do. Finally, it happens. But I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm waiting for the guy to pull his own gun out and shoot himself. It was it was getting that emotional at that point where it was becoming a concern. This job's not for everybody. He did a good job on scene. But then his emotions and the reality of what happened came crashing down on him to the point where he's it's really going to be need to be reviewed and some hard questions are going to have to be asked, not only of him, but by him, of himself. My opinion, guys, but this is not an easy job. It's not for everybody. Uh, it, it, these things are difficult. Yeah. The only saving grace here, and David did a great job telling us that, but the officers thinking, well, they're in a Jeep, so the chances of them driving away are pretty zero. So unless they're on the back of a flatbed, they're not leaving here. Oh, now, for our listening audience, I drive a Jeep. I, I, Yeah, yeah. And I don't have a lot. Well, I've, I've had some issues with the Jeep. And Brett has a, a fond history with Jeeps or family members that have had Jeeps. So, yeah, he doesn't put much faith. He puts as much faith in Jeeps. Um, on the road, as he does in SROs doing their job at schools, okay? So that's that's a fair, pretty fair comparison, I think. Am I, am I correct on that, Captain? No, oh, I am. Okay. All right, thank you. So, look, are you guys uh, – can we get the elevator story in real quick? Are you guys good? I get a thumbs up from David. All right, David, go, go, go. Okay, yeah. So let's let, – guys, uh, let's do this. This is a – I don't want to waste any time. Let's go to it. Rumble.com. This is Butter, our favorite channel. LAPD. Officer shooting killed a knife-building suspect as the elevator doors opened. According to an LAPD news release, the most recent shooting occurred when officers were called to report to a report of a guy that had a knife. He had been threatening another person at the Ford Hotel in Skid Row. So when they get there, security guard directs them to the sixth floor. So as they step off the elevator, and yeah, there's a number of cops that are in the elevator um, when, they, when the door is open. They encounter a man holding an umbrella and a knife. And police said the officers ordered the man to drop the knife. Instead, he raises it above his head and advances towards them. 
So we have a couple officers. They both shot the man with their service firearms. A 56-year-old guy who police have not named was pronounced dead at the scene. Police said another officer also fired a projectile from less lethal. Um, so that's the way this thing goes down. We've got a um, little less than four minutes. David, the floor is yours. Oh, God, I can't. This, this is just absolutely beautiful. <laughs> you know, they go there, again, knowing the guy has a knife. They, there's a security guard on scene that's in a uniform that's very similar to their uniforms. So it's a uniform thing. The guy has already told the uniform security guard he's going to cut and stab him and use some ex expletives and all that kind of crap. The, the, the security guard tells the cops this. They still all pile in the elevator to go up to the sixth floor. And you know it's a mistake because at least one cop, and I'm sitting there going, you're the man. Why didn't you, you should have, he says, um, maybe we should get up, up, up on the fifth floor and go up the stairs to the sixth. He gets called down by the other idiots in the, in the elevator, the other tactical geniuses. And because he says, lo and behold, well, you know, if this elevator door's open, he's standing right there. I mean, it's going to be kind of tight. A bunch of sardines in a can. And of course, he was right. But instead of instead of saying no, you lazy pieces of crap, get off the elevator on the fifth and go up the stairs to the sixth. So at least you have a little bit of tactical advantage. Sure than crap, here come the elevator doors, and there's the bad guy with a knife. He pulls the knife out, and without hesitation, the guy, the one cop in the elevator who had said, we need to get off on the fifth floor and go up, maybe we should, he's the one that immediately engages with his firearm and puts rounds on target and puts the guy on the, on the, on the floor, or actually into a trash can and then on the floor, which is kind of movie-esque. But still, guys, tactical errors that you make, these small tactical errors that you make because you're stupid or lazy are going to cost you. And, 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 of course, they've got all their multicolored, less-than-lethal crap stuffed in this elevator as well. Come on. Kudos to the cop that made the suggestion. Follow up and make it work. Wow. Love it. All right, Brett, you should are you going to bring up any of this stuff to any of your classes the, today? <laughs> I may. The only way this could have gotten any better if one of the cops had hit the close the door button and, and they went back. <laughs> and maybe maybe with some bad music in the background. Just oh my gosh, can you see that? The doors closing and down. They oh my gosh. <laughs> wow, beautiful breakdown. Uh, you know, if if just one cop watches the show, and they do, can just learn something to to, to do be better at the job, save a life. Oh man, we're 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 proud, loud and proud. Guys, and, and I've said it a million times before. If something, if the hairs are standing up on the back of your neck, there's a reason. Listen to your, that's what they call it, gut feeling, you know, whatever. It, there's a reason for it. Listen to it. it your, 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 your subconscious mind is telling you. It's kicking your consciousness in the back going, listen, listen, listen to it. Do what you know is right. I, the guy knew what he was, what he should have done and didn't, for, whatever, he was outranked. I don't know, but he was right. And he should make them pay for his lunch for a week at least. So. <laughs> Um, something my god i suggest all you listeners buy a book it's called left of bang oh. left of bang and, and it has to do with listening to your little voice in your head okay another one the gift of fear get that book listen to that little voice in your head and don't let other people talk you down yeah Cal huh. caliber press street tactics i mean uh, talk about the oldest book out there about street it's still applicable today get stuff learn stuff em embrace it internalize it work it survive huh. Another great show, guys. Another great show. So thanks. Hopefully we've given our users something to think about. 
And, uh, you know, very guys had a lot of value. So thanks. Yeah. I told you not, they're both not just pretty faces. So look, thanks guys for pre- being on the show, Brett, um, uh, leaving that class. I know they're doing lunch and you're just sitting there starving to death. I appreciate it, brother. Um, Hey, usually take this time, uh, to talk about the wounded blue, the wounded blue.org. That's Lieutenant Randy Sutton's 501 C three helping cops out in a world of hurt, suffering from things like PTSD and other medical issues that the department's maybe not helping them out with, or maybe they don't even get the opportunity to do a disability retirement out because of what happened on duty. So the wounded blue at the wounded blue.org. If you want to get involved, support the organization, and they're not going to embarrass you. So please check out the Wounded Blue at thewoundedblue.org. You know, another shout out to our sponsors, Motion DSP, Gulls, GlobalOrdinance.com. Hey, free ammo shipping. Gunlearn.com on Medicare.live. Uh, Bang Energy, thanks for the fuel. Uh, Brian Burns with the free press at TampaFP.com. Ray Dietrich, RedVoiceMedia.com. We appreciate the support. And if you guys haven't been to RedVoiceMedia.com and checked out those news stories, you guys should really do that. They've got great programming, great news source. And you'll be hearing more about them on the show. Hope everybody has a wonderful and safe week. See you tomorrow.